0: Okay, um, welcome to the Metapod, a Pokemon TCG podcast that... Oh god, I'm so tired. Oh, you
1: almost had it there.
0: I'm I'm like looking at it, it's still on my wall. (laughs) And I still can't get it right. Uh, My name is Jake, I've got Sean here, the co-host with me here on this wonderful podcast, episode 4. This one's coming out on time. We got a lot of stuff today. There have been a lot of results in a lot of different places. Um, there were some invitationals, there were some national championships, there were some sub tournaments as well. There's a whole bunch of different things, a whole bunch of different things to dive into. And then also the players cup results came out top two fifty six from each region was, uh, was announced. So, uh, Sean, first of all, tell me your favorite color and how your day has been today.
1: Oh my, uh, my favorite color is a mix between blue and yellow. Uh, not actually mixed together, but like that color. Right, contrast I was gonna say like are
0: you are you is your favorite color green? Yes. Like <laughs>
1: no, no. I like blue and yellow on their own next to each other. That's what I would say. And and my day's been good. My day has been uh been good.
0: I would say that Yellow and blue next to each other are green, but that's just me. Um anyways.
1: <laughs> no, it's yellow and blue on top of each other. oh my gosh. All right. All that's right. two
0: colors then, Sean. That's two strikes for you. Three more <laughs> three strikes, and then we'll have to pick some of the other co-hosts. That's so, right.
1: Okay. That's I got one. Sean. More.
0: Anyways. Sweet. So let's just kick off um talking about the current results that have happened through what is everywhere aside from Japan in terms of the meta right now, because that is what is going on right now. That's probably what people are. Well, I don't even know if I would argue if people are most interested in it, Um, but it is what is happening right now. It's what most people can relate to. Um, So the PokeX online series invitational happened. I believe there were 32 people that qualified based on the different PokeX invitationals. Um, you had to meet the initial 250 X points and to be awarded the round one by win as well. The tournament ran with five Swiss rounds followed by a top eight cut. I think there were originally 32 players, but one had to drop out at the last second. Um, but there's a, not necessarily too much that we didn't expect, I would say. Sean, there's only like one real like, whoa, thing that
1: happened in there. Oh, I'm trying to look for it now. Uh...
0: You know what? I'll hit you with the whoa, and then I'll I'll whip over and nay to the number two spot by David Hendrickson. Went four and one overall, getting second place with Obstagoon. Which I thought was actually pretty surprising in my opinion. I know that Goons has been played a bit lately, ever since uh, trainership and Grant Manley were playing it a lot during the uh, limitless qualifiers. It is back once again. The Rosa engine kind of moving around with Opsigoon. I tried to play this deck and I feel like every time I try to play it, I just absolutely suck. Um, you, you I don't broke, know how you, you can feel find about the
1: it. Rare candies.
0: Yeah, it's either I've got all the obstagoons in my hand and I gotta research or I've got all the rare candies and I got a Marnie. Like it's either one of those two scenarios.
1: Yeah, that's Um, exactly how I I feel like goons. I have no idea how anybody does well. I mean, look, if you only have to play five games, right? I guess you can do well with Obstagoon and and you get lucky or you don't. Uh, It does really well. I will say this. It does great against a lot of the meta, except for Dragapult. Um, and maybe it doesn't, okay I don't even know if you would
0: say it doesn't even, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty fair against Dragapult because yeah. you're hitting for that weakness. Yeah. It's the I only thing that evil. it really just like two shots are two shots things in terms yeah. of the big basics.
1: So like, and nobody, I don't think very many lists are running Fion right now. Uh, people are maybe running two bosses orders, but like, so there's not very much, um, ability to gust around it. So mm. I do think that helps it right now. Right? Like before... Uh, when it was prevalent in sword and shield meta, you had ADPZ. But when I played ADPZ, I in that actual format in real tournaments, I was like six or seven and oh in tournaments against goons with ADPZ because I had Fion and four custom catchers and I was able to get around it with that. But nobody runs that kind of setup anymore. So
0: Mm-mm. I mean, people have cut the Fion. people have cut the catcher or the Pokemon the custom, catchers. custom catchers at least. Yeah. Nobody's playing Pokemon catchers, really. I think there's like some older ADP lists that still play Pokemon catchers, and then people run Gray Catcher. It would, it's a one of usually, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't do anything for the Opsagoon. That would just be if you still had your out, if you were able to do the Doom Count GX. Yep. Um, but I just like, I think it was actually like a pretty decent call. In all honesty, because you look at the different, you look at the different decks, like what actually was played, Lucario Melmetal, Pikachu Zekrom, Blacephalon, Cephalon, Arceus Daagopalkia. You know, there were Dragapults, which I personally think is like a pretty fair matchup. Yeah. You know, I think it, I think it's at least 50-50. I haven't really tested the matchup. I really haven't played like either decks. I have all the cards for him. I just, like, don't play them too much.
1: Well, I can, I can um, tell you that it's about 50-50, right? Because you're right. It is hitting for weakness, so that helps it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not like Dragapult can even one-shot a goon. Because, like, you know, if you don't get a few damage counters onto a goon, it has 160 HP, and you're not hitting it for, for enough damage. So, Yeah, exactly.
0: And then Arceus Dagapalkia, we talked about that uh, last week. Yeah, because it, it was the, what tournament was that where it placed like top, oh no, that no, was we actually the PokéX X invite. No, yeah, the PokéX X invite is what I'm referring to where in the top four, there were two RCS Agapalkia Zashians and I've been telling you guys that this deck was not bad and it really, it showed up as well. There was one control list that, or there were two control lists that placed uh, 12th and 11th bolt Cincino control um there's another obstagoon at 16th but like there's literally like nothing besides dragapult that played evolutions
1: oh yeah no i think this is definitely a last gasp if you will for galarian obstagoon like the current one though because i don't know like once once darkness of blaze comes out eternitas is a great option and you're not hitting that for weakness and mm-hmm. then like sent scorch and scorch and even more are going to be coming out and i just think that Goons is dead after this I'm sorry, like I, I thought goons was dead now because of dragapult, but I guess not because like well, I, none of the other vmaxes are clearly relevant yet
0: I think that I mean that's just going to be the thing right because we're in this big basic meta so Obstagoon was great is was really good rogue deck really cool um, but now we're starting to move i i don't know if we've talked about this on the pod, but in my opinion we're starting to move into a much slower meta in like darkness ablaze and rotation and stuff to where it's not big basics anymore. It's giant stage one essentially.
1: Um, and then I think what helps that too is Blacephalon, Baby Blounds is losing Firing Flint. And because Baby Blounds is losing that specific card, it's really hard, I think, for Baby Blounds to by turn two, get seven energy in hand to blow up one of those, you know, massive Pokemon.
0: You um, doubt the drawing the stones ability of a Blacephalon player.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, that's my point. You can't draw no, the no, stones. No, 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 I agree. It's, it's much,
0: deck. much harder without Fiery Flints. Yeah. It's much harder without Fiery Flints.
1: Um, so I think because of that, like, I think that honestly is what has partially stopped um, of the, some of the other VMAXs from being relevant is because, you know, like Toxtricity and, and some of these others, They're they're also big, right? But mm-hmm. like you have baby blondes that can still blow them up but at least with dragapult you can prize trade a little bit better because you can you know take out a baby blowns and then also take out a jirachi so you're taking two prizes preferably every turn as a dragapult player so your your number of turns that you might be playing is about the same and if you run Mm -hmm. marnies or stamps then you know game over for blounds
0: yeah i think it's i think it's interesting that people are still playing and it's it's that thing too of like if you don't respect it like you lose
1: yeah and right and all my videos where i talk about like my recent videos uh doing darkness of blaze stuff i get all these comments about like you need to cut these pokemon and these pokemon or whatever and i'm like look these pokemon are also in there because decidueye is going to be a deck the same way that hoopa was a deck uh the same way that goons is a deck right except mm-hmm. decidueye does more damage because it spreads damage to the bench and it has better protection because it's just an ability that you can't turn off, right? Mm-hmm. So if you don't respect that as a deck, and then somebody comes, you know, rocks up to a tournament with Decidui and doesn't brick, you auto lose. So, you know, some people are telling me you take these Pokemon out. I think that Decidueye is going to be that next deck that I think people may not respect day one. And it's going to take, you know, a hard lesson in a tournament. Uh, for some people to be like, oh, shoot, yeah, I really should put some basics in there that aren't GXs or Vs to get around this.
0: I'm top cutting a regional with Decidueye, I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> I'm piloting a deck to victory. But someone who piloted a deck to victory here in the X tournament, Stefan Ivanov, you've heard the name before probably, very, very good player, piloted Dragapult VMAX. Played an interesting version that we don't see very often that runs off, not only off the super scoop ups, uh, which I tried earlier today. I flipped six coins, did not hit a single one. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how he does it. Big but also plays the 1 1 Malamar line, which I thought, which I found very interesting and actually very good when I played. Um, when i played dragapult earlier today and tried out the list
1: so i can tell you right now dragapult malamar has been what i have been you know repping for like the last three weeks in all my players cup stuff and then the tournament that i competed in this weekend i played dragapult malamar to success and i'm just i've always been amazed that people prefer manual attachments and crushing hammers over a malamar line one one or two Mm -hmm. two doesn't matter Because, like, I was able to win games by getting, you know, one of my Dragapults get knocked out. I have nothing set up. But then I can just slap down a Dragapult, attach, uh, accelerate an energy, and then hit for 140 from the bench. And it's like, whoa, That, that won me a game quite literally. So, yeah, I prefer the Malamar line. I think it's just a backup.
0: No, yeah, I think it's pretty good as well. Um, again, I'll say I'll preface by I didn't play Dragapult too much before today, but I did play it some, you know, just to kind of know a little bit of the matchups and like how the deck runs. But playing this like this just felt better than the other the other Dragapult decks that I've played because I had that like kind of safety net in Malamar
1: Super except, scoop up sucked, but I was gonna say except a when conflict. you don't hit the su- scoop ups and you're like, come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's an uh, it's a in the wise words of uh, J W Crewall earlier today, he said that it's an unfair card because you never hit heads, or I'm sorry, wait, it's a fair card because you never hit heads, but it's an unfair card because your opponent always hits heads. Boom, drop mic. It I only screwed like it up that. once. It does feel like that didn't see anything like super surprising other than that from the uh from the pokey tournament you know some of the controls played the the persian which i don't know is persian just like better than apom like neither of these controllers were playing that apom that we got in the um battle league decks which were legal i believe pretty sure
1: i'm not this is one thing where i'm not sure Genuinely. I'm
0: pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that is the case. You can you can quote me on that. But, um, I thought it was pretty surprising to see more Persian rather than Apom, because I even though Persian takes one more card than Apom does, um, it is that stage one, and I guess since you have that ditto, maybe you don't get in that situation. But I don't know again i didn't i didn't test it too much i've been i've been thinking about just making like youtube videos as of right now and trying to get rcs Palkia going for a tournament that i've got coming up but
1: i uh, um, i think we can probably it was really cool I, I think we can probably move on now it's like the next tournament the uh, exactly Azul, the rat tournament if you will
0: so this one was super interesting in my opinion
1: i mean especially the winner because i'm like looking at the the spread of decks, right. That were entered into the tournament. Uh, and for those of you, Azul, uh, he ran his first, I think he does a monthly tournament, um, that he's going to be doing where all of his Twitch subscribers can, can enter the tournament. Um, but for me, like a couple of interesting things when I look at this, this spread is tons of Dragapult just, and look, this is probably influenced by the fact that the PokeX Invitational was won by Dragapult. I, I, I think that there's definitely an element of like somebody does well with one deck and whatever the tournament the next day is, is going to play all those decks uh, because we are living in, an, an, in a meta right now where you can change your deck choice every other day, every day. Right. If you're going mm-hmm. to a big tournament or league cups, you're not going to change your deck based on what did well at another league cup somewhere else in the country. There's just that's not going to happen. But yeah, do you want to talk about what won the tournament? Because I think that is the most interesting part.
0: So what won the tournament was a deck that I make fun of a lot, and I'm sure a lot of other people also make fun of. It is Dark Box. It was an interesting Silvali Weavile Dark Box list that also featured a 2-2 line of a lowland Persian GX, which is honestly just a big wall. For a lot of what we got going on right now in the meta had different little things like a vitality band stuck in there at three Cynthia and Caitlin's, which I feel like is a lot, but it's honestly a decent draw control because um, in this deck specifically, you don't necessarily want to throw away a ton of things. You know, you have your tag call engine to go grab, you know, whatever you may need, like the Dark Ray Umbreon, the Sableye Titar, Malolana, Red and Blue. Again, Cynthia and Caitlin just very, very interesting. I don't know um, who the winner was. I don't know them by name.
1: Look, if I, if I look at this deck, deck, though, it does a few things pretty well. Obviously, if you know you're going to be up against Pikachu and Zekrom, you could potentially bait out... Because the main problem you would run into with Pikachu and Zekrom, in my opinion, is you're going you're gonna to run into the problem of uh, Bolton. And you're going to run into the problem of i think zero aura right because it's any it prevents the damage from the the alolan persian uh, from tag, tag teams. teams
0: ultra beasts and special energy yes
1: so what you have to do is you have to bait out and this only i think this deck really in my opinion only works when it's a surprise uh because Which it is <laughs> well it is right now it well, it was yesterday it will not be a surprise mm-hmm. anymore but once you know that this this deck is coming you just play Bolton and you don't put any of your special energies onto the Bolton. You know what? Done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you easily take out the, the, uh, Alolan Persians. You don't give up extra prizes to, uh, Titar and you make sure not to overbench for the, Lo- Jig- you know, Megalopony and Jigglypuff. I think once you know that Pikaram is an easy win, which I think Pikaram otherwise is a very favorable matchup for this deck. So, it's funny. I just think that they're like all the little pieces in this rely on the idea that you don't know what's about to happen. I was just
0: it's just like weird to me because like Darkbox, I've played it. I've played an iteration of this, which is almost the same except for like the tutu line and a hoopa. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing that I've played before, and it just did not feel feel good. But I think it's still, I think it's still very interesting because you talk about, I mean the the Elodin Persian GX only does 240 when you hit Dragapult for a weakness. This probably did very very well, simply because there was a lot of Dragapult in there, and plus like you know it just it essentially you will lose it's an auto lose for Blacephalon, right? A deck that Azula has played on stream and in tournaments, so probably influenced a little bit, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, considering there was nine baby blounds
1: combo zashian um yeah how does this beat combo zashian that's my question <laughs> i just i don't do see you how you
0: go it does. do you go in with the bigger pokemon like the tag teams
1: i mean Maybe i suppose you would have you like to, right?
0: commit you commit with the tag teams because zashian cannot one-shot them oh it just feels
1: bad i mean i'm looking let's look at the tournament real quick how many combos well Zacian i mean
0: like you played? there was ten. a lot
1: there Man. was 10 I feel like this dude dodged combos. Ossian, they had. I don't,
0: they, there's no way that you dodge combo. There's no way that you dodge. I mean, I guess there statistically is a way. Um, but when a deck (laughs) takes control of like 12%, I can't do that math. I'm just like looking at this and I can't tell, anyways. It's like ten out of. Cu- Never mind, I can't do that. Yeah, no,
1: I I agree. Like, look, there was ten of them. That's more than it was more than ten percent of the field. A hundred percent.
0: I do you know how many rounds this was?
1: I mean, I want. I don't know. It probably my gut would have said it was probably a top cut of eight out of. Five, six rounds, maybe most. I'm just looking at the numbers, and it's probably not more than five or six rounds.
0: Which even a best of three, like if you did a best of three, you know, and you talk about that surprise factor. Yeah, you yeah, know, game point. one is where it comes out, and then games two and three, your opponent knows. So the fact that this, if there was, I don't know, because I, I sadly had to miss the stream uh, because I was with family over the weekend and Azul because of like I, I don't know if this is the reason, but deletes his VODs. Um, I think mainly for music. the fact of music. I don't know that for sure. I'm not Azul. That would just be my guess. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. And I would love I would love to rewatch the tournament structure and I would love to be able to re watch the stuff and see like how how this did so well. That's my
1: that's my main thing. That's I mean, my main thing. Like
0: how did this how did this go so well? <laughs> There has to be a recording somewhere.
1: I will say too, uh, it's an unexpected deck and sometimes you run hot and that's how you end up winning a tournament, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I think back to like late last year when Guardian won a tournament in England and everyone's like, what, how did Guardian win win a tournament? But it was, it managed to dodge every single firebox. I think it played one or maybe zero out of an entire regional. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you just get lucky um and you know what you take that i guess i think uh, the last thing we wanted to just chat about briefly uh i don't think we need to really linger on the uh, current meta results too much uh but you know charizard lounge another creator out there uh was able to win win the sunday open which was pretty awesome
0: yeah shout out to you charizard lounge
1: yeah they uh they they, they played tomb beast they played baby blounds and they played dark box. I don't know if the, uh, it was Azul's tournament on Saturday. No,
0: it was on Sunday.
1: Okay. So it it may have been like a different dark box than, uh, what was played for Azul. But, um, yeah, it is actually, I'm looking at the list now. It's like a Naganatal dark box Mm -hmm. list, but yeah, you know, shout out to him for that. I would say though, overall on like the current meta, I, again, I don't think there's that much to update. I think the dark box list that one is cool. Uh, maybe you'll see it def- definitely will see more play just because it won a tournament for Missoula. But outside of that, I don't really think the meta has changed much. What about you?
0: I don't think it really has either. I think it's interesting that we've moved to like, especially with Dragfold. I, I do see more people maybe putting in super scoop ups or more people trying to fit in that one, one Malamar line. You know, I can see that evolving. I think People are more respecting ADP Zashian now. You know, there's more people that are playing it. There's I mean it's doing it's doing pretty well in my opinion. I'll stay on that hype train because I currently want it to be a hype train because I think I'm gonna have to play it because I don't have a lot of other cards from Rebel Clash. But I do think that I do find it interesting that we're still finding ways to like change things up and you know, finding these new decks that pop up, even when we're in this period of like, there's no IRL events. There's a lot of people mad about that. I think it's still great that we're still innovating, we're still finding the best things. And I think that's really cool. Shout outs to you for those of you that have been working on it. Deserve an award.
1: Yeah. The, the, the thanks for, for keeping the meta fresh award.
0: <laughs> thanks for making us not the only players in the world. Or people trying to talk about it. Because we started this during quarantine. Oh <laughs> We man. started this podcast during quarantine. Something exciting that happened. Japanese nationals. Very, very cool, in my opinion. Japan still holding nationals. I think it was like their, their, their Players' Cup, essentially. Because that same day, that same stream that they had it, they played the TCG, the VGC, and Pokken.
1: Yeah, I think they Um, might have called it like their online championship, actually, the national championship.
0: Yeah, very similar to very similar to our Players Cup thing, except all in like one conglomeration and such and all happening at the same time. Um, But the results were interesting because there is the whatchamacallit Darkness Ablaze, you know. R set that's going to be a part of that. you know, I forget the names of the Japanese subsets that are going to make up of that, but they've had those for a while. Those are all legal in Japan because they do have a little bit different of a format than the rest of the world does. Um, We got to see a lot of those decks in action and some of those archetypes and some of those lists, which I thought was very, very cool. Um, So, Sean, do you kind of want to recap the... Top 16 tournament uh, with all the yeah. decks in there.
1: I mean, I won't talk about every deck because I think it's important to know that, you know, Japan is not playing in our format or they won't be also, they're not playing in the format that we will be playing in when Darkness of Blaze comes out. They have a bunch of cards that are still legal that will not be legal for standard when we get them. Mm-hmm.
0: That said, it'll be legal for like two weeks, but no, like. Well, mm, me- <laughs> Isn't there like a two week window no. where like, because I feel like I remember last year before Worlds there was this window where it was like there was it was weeks. like Sun and Moon to Unified Minds and it was just a madhouse.
1: Well, online <laughs> playing on Ladder, yeah, on yeah, ladder, playing yeah. on Ladder, La- Ladder. There's going to be two weeks of time where you can play whatever and and yeah, Uh but in an actual tournament or anything like that, yeah, no, there, yeah. They won't be illegal for that. Um, yeah, so, an
0: official like Pokemon sanctioned tournament.
1: And my guess is like, I, I, there might be some people who run tournaments that are like, hey, you can play whatever, right? If it's available mm-hmm. on PTCGO, you can play it. But my guess is that some people are going to be like, okay, we are going to be running new rotation because that will feel very fresh to people. So that will probably be what we get in online tournaments too.
0: I think NailPie said that they were going to do that for their open.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of it, like if you actually look at the standings, there's a bunch of control. Uh, yeah. Which is just filthy. You have, what is it? One, two, three, four. So you had, five, you
0: had a six. couple different iterations. A couple different iterations of mills. So you had two, two players that were playing Cincino you know, Control, which we're kind of aware of and we kind of know most. There is the McCargo Mill, the Sleepy Mill that came up in the third qualifier, I believe. I believe it was the third qualifier or something like that with the Mary, you know. Yeah. Um, There is the Cryogonal Dustox. Awesome that that made a top 16 appearance in this Japanese national tournament. And then there's Dragonite Oranguru. And you may be thinking like Dragonite, Dragonite, what what Dragonite is this? I'm pretty sure it's like Unified Minds, a is baby a dragonite? dragonite.
1: Accelerates energy from the
0: deck, no, it, it? I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's from Team Up. It's a fast call Dragonite. Once you're oh, right in your turn, goes
1: and gets you your supporter, right?
0: Yep, and goes and gets you a supporter from the deck, put it in your hand, then shuffle your deck. You can combo that. I saw a list, you can combo that with Lysander. And uh, I really I really thought it was interesting to see a variety of control decks, even though we probably won't be able to see them too much without or with Darkness Ablaze.
1: Yeah, I mean, what this tells me, though, is that the uh, Japanese format is just not a format I would enjoy playing in, probably because all of the mill and control in this, there's like total and, and the winners, I would also call a a control archetype as well. But like, so that puts you at what? Eight out of 16 were control or mill archetypes. Like, oh, gross. Mm -hmm. And then you have like Centiskorge and Eternatus in there, some baby blounds, like all of the things you would expect. I think the, the biggest surprise is the deck that won as well as placing second. So the top two decks in the tournament were both Vika Volt V.
0: The only two Vikavolts in the field, by the way.
1: And so if you don't know what volt does, um, what makes Vikavolt a good deck is its first attack, which is uh, for a Lightning and a Colorless. You do 50 damage and your opponent can't play item cards uh, during their turn. So it's an item lock-based deck that does 50 damage and you have a big old, you know, Pokemon... V at 210 or 220 HP, I believe. Um, And, you know, the list has a bunch of cards that are going to rotate for us. Like it has Electro Powers, you know, it has um, Thunder Mountain, which rotates counter gains. Um, So, you know, take this list with a grain of salt. It won't be the same list that we play. But that said, uh, I think this item like deck could still be very good in the same way that there is the um, what the Luxio deck, right? add some toughness capes onto this guy, give him 270 HP, and uh, just lock your opponent out of the game starting turn two with Coco Prism.
0: Big basics. I will say there are three V vmax in the field, um, which is good. Um, that's kind of what everybody's saying, and it kind of shoves it down my throat because I said Eternasus is going to be bad. Um, anyways, I swallow that. Um, there was a Scorch in there. There was Luke Metal... Zashian, which uh, has caught a little bit of steam here in, in outside of the rest of the world um and then some blacephalons out here, I think there were two of them, yeah, there's two of them um so people play placecephalon over there as well, but yeah, vikavolt, not a deck that i i don't i did not i did not expect it, but it may it makes sense right because like we're I feel like we're so dependent on items like whenever I get item locked, whether that's Cryogonal or I just blank. There's another there's another card that item locks me, but I can't remember Lux which one it deck. is. Yeah, or Luxio like you mentioned earlier. You know, when I get item locked, it's very hard to do anything to get going on your board state. So very cool. Very cool. I'm I hope that people are excited about it. I hope that people <laughs> look into it once it once it's released like here over here. That's not the deck that I've seen people really talk about the most. Sean, do you want to know the deck that people are, what I've seen at least, on my timeline, talk about the most?
1: Uh, I mean, you can tell me. I mean, I think everyone's timeline is, is their own. But yes, please tell me the deck that, that you have heard people talk about.
0: A deck that did not make the top 16 has taken my Twitter timeline by storm. It is Coco V. Phalanx Coco V with the turbo energy patch thing. I forget what it's called. Um, I think turbo patch is what
1: the rough translation is.
0: Okay, turbo patch, twin energies, lightning energies. It's weird because, like, they're never attacking with the phalanx V, they've got the, they've got four phalanx V in there. They're never attacking with it because they don't have any sort of sign that makes anything a fighting energy. So it just sits on the bench. They've got air balloons. So that's kind of there. They can use that as pivot if they need to things of that nature. But they've got the four baby flings. So that's where like twin energy comes in. Then they got the cocoa. You know, they they main source of energy is the lightning energy playing a couple of those and some capture energy. But People are just talking about this deck and they're so excited and they think that it's the great, like I didn't get to watch the tournament cause like it was like 4am where I was and I stay up late, but I don't stay up that
1: late. Um, so can I build the deck for you? I haven't looked at it, but I can tell you what I think the deck is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Go for you it. Have I have the, the list, list right in front of me.
1: Okay. Yeah. I have the deck list in front of me. My guess is it plays two or three Tapu Koko Vs, not four. It plays two. That's what I was going to say. I think you put two in there. The reason you put two in there is it's free retreat, so it's a pivot Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And that way you can have a Tapu Koko V on the bench and all four Phalanx V, so you get the maximum protection on your baby Phalanx. Check. To your point, you don't need... Fighting energy on baby phalanx. You just need twin energy. So you can run twin energy and lightning energy and never attack with the big phalanx. You're hitting Eternitus V Max for weakness. So that's why you're playing the baby phalanx. Now, the reason that Coco is good is because of one the pivot and two, e power hasn't rotated. I'm sure they play a four of, of E power, right?
0: You would be wrong.
1: They don't they play do not any E power
0: single E power. Not a single E power in this list. Why your your guess is as good as mine. So
1: then, I mean, what's, I the, math? what's the math
0: would they... be? What's the math on two hundred? Like what? What <laughs> in the format does well with two hundred? I mean, I get the lightning because they've got.
1: I mean, you throw well, one Thunder... e power down and you can knock out a uh,
0: Zacian. I don't. Thunder Mountain. Thunder. I forgot to put TCG. Thunder yeah. Mountain TCG. Does that just say lightning Pokemon? Yeah. Yeah. Attacks lightning. of lightning Pokemon cost one less. So. Thunder Mountain doesn't really work with this. Do you want to guess any other stadiums that they have in here?
1: This probably put, plays. Does this play Piers if you're going to go get your Twin Energies or Guzma and Hala? Probably Guzma and Hala. I think the Japanese love a Guzma Hala.
0: Neither. It was a, it was a trick question. There are no
1: other stadiums. In okay, this I was going to say, this. you don't need stadiums. So, my thought though, honestly, like, look, just because somebody made a list in Japan doesn't mean it's the best list. I'm going to throw this out there, some salt out there. I I think if you're not playing E-Powers, are they playing Electric Energy in this or no?
0: They play six. I don't think it's made for... So I have a feeling that the Tapu Coco is for like last resort finishing moves. I don't think it's actually used for um, attacking. Yeah, I mean... I think it's that pivot like you talked about. But I don't, I don't think people really, I think, the. I think they only attack really with phalanx baby, no, which is you're weird.
1: Right. I think you're right. But that to me, then it's weird that they don't have any e-powers. I mean, unless this deck is running for research and like, is it running for research? And maybe you just figure you're going to toss all your e-powers away anyways.
0: It's for research okay. for Cynthia, two bird keeper, Toby's or whatever that person's name is. Yep. I like the bird keeper card though. Me too. Uh two Marnies, three bosses.
1: Okay, I mean yeah, I think that They
0: also play four Pokemon catchers, so there's a lot of gusting in this <laughs> deck.
1: <laughs> I, that I don't really understand. I don't know why you need three or four Pokemon catchers and three bosses orders. But
0: i guess like the pokemon catchers because like eldegoss is kind of out of the question right because you need as many phalanx as possible and you probably mm-hmm. got to pivot pokemon and you got Tapu Koko at least for a little bit there's a one of dedene so that's like your grindy pokemon right that's that's a pretty full bench in my opinion like you're gonna have a full bench the entire game
1: i mean you I, have i'm gonna put this out there there's a reason this deck didn't make top 16. i don't care what your twitter <laughs> timeline is doing if you if you got a Tapu Koko, which is easily KO'd for two prizes, okay. You have a Phalanx V, which as beefy as you might like to think it is, an Eternatus V Max or a Centus doesn't care. So that's two more prizes. You know what I mean? Like if you if you are not weak to fighting, the fact that it's a fighting Pokemon is, I think, the only thing going for it in an, in a meta that has Eternatus. That's just my two cents. That doesn't mean it's bad. But I don't think that um, it is. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm not standing it. I'm not standing it.
0: There's a lot of people that I think I think it's going to be like the dark box of next format where it's like people just are going to try and they're going to try and they're going to try and they're going to try to make it work.
1: I think it's a good deck to play on ladder the the week that the set comes out because everybody's going to try to go build Eternatus.
0: Oh, everybody and their mother is going to play Eternatus. Oh, yeah. I guarantee it. So I'm going to play Eternatus. you up there with some
1: uh, Phalanx action and you're like, okay, one Twin Energy on a basic Pokemon. I knock you out. <laughs>
0: and then I'm bringing just, back Hitmon yeah. on the ladder with the, new, with the new Fighting Energy that says your Pokemon take 20 less damage, even wow. though...
1: We'll the we'll on
0: lee is like 110 or whatever him on chan is like 110 health then and it's like that's nothing
1: yeah i'm like a, right. but <laughs> i think that new fighting energy is going to be on stonejourner v max or you oh, know that's
0: actually pretty sick or, I just or thought of that.
1: yeah so nobody's been thinking about stonejourner v max since it came out but uh adp stonejourner v max is a thing have you ever seen that
0: I have seen that I I saw that one time in like one deck list result but a friend it was like, of mine was uh, before, cool.
1: before COVID was going out and top cutting a bunch of cups with it for a few weeks oh really oh yeah um hmm. so I think ADP Stonejourner VMAX with that new fighting energy when that comes out in September or whenever that that'll be a deck again so uh just uh keep that in mind interesting
0: well Sean would you like to move to our next topic
1: yes i would like to move to it the next topic is going to be we now have uh a mostly official uh results for the players cup oh yeah
0: that's right i forgot the players cup was still a thing
1: (laughs) i mean yeah jake i know you didn't participate uh for a variety of very valid reasons but uh i did i i did participate now i did not grind the way that I thought you know, one was going to have to grind in order to actually qualify. So for everybody out there, I, I did not have, I had a decent amount of tickets, but I did not have an absurd amount. I had like 200 and some odd tickets, which I think, I think that's a lot personally. I, I would say it's a decent amount. I would know. I say though that like probably about 50 to 80% of my friend group has 400 or more tickets because they're just people who've been playing for more than a year. And don't do the tournaments <clears throat> and don't do the tournaments, right?
0: So. I, would like to, I would like to argue that I think a majority of people that are competitive in the TCG, like when, when the new set came out, Rebel Clash, when Rebel Clash came out, I feel like a majority of people spent their tickets. I need to get these packs. I got to get my Dragapults. I got I to gotta do all these things, you know?
1: I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many people probably I wouldn't be surprised if more people than usual did it because you wanted to get packs and the packs for Rebel Clash were so expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think, though, that like it was that crazy different. Um, But uh, who knows? We literally have zero data for that one way or another. All we have is the anecdotals.
0: We do have, though. The data. Sean did some quick math, and I would trust Sean's math more than my own. <laughs> uh, about how many... Okay, so we we took an assumption. Okay, we We discussed an assumption. We were like, okay, what do you think the average person gets per tournament in terms of point-wise? For those of you that don't know, maybe you didn't participate or you didn't really know how it works. You just did as many as you can and just kept checking the number that you had. You got one point for eighth place, which was dead last, which means you entered, you got a point. Seventh place, two points. Sixth place, three points. I tossed up. I said, I think the average person gets fifth. So they get like four points. You know, either you win the whole thing or you get donked, right? Fifth place means that out of all the people who lost in the first round, you were the best loser, you know, so... I felt like I felt like fifth was a good number. Would yeah. you? I think you would agree. And so, like in North America, Sean said, in North America, if you had that average, um, you needed to do, you had to have about 160 tickets in order to qualify for top 256, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll let everybody know the points numbers and then we can break them down. So yeah, North America that's probably better. Yeah, no, North America top 256 was 81 points or more. Europe, top 256, was 39 points. Latin America, top 256 was 33. And then Oceania, top 128, because they didn't do top 256 there, was eight points. Literally, just, if you enter one tournament and win, you are in the Players' Cup if you live in Oceania. Now that's basically just Australia and New Zealand. Um, Pour one out for Cashman and all the other folks that live In Asia, but we're not included in that. I think, yeah. So if you break all the numbers down and you say, I looked at my own average, right? I would call myself a, I think it's safe to say I am an above average player. Certainly not a great player, but I'm certainly, you know, I know what I'm doing roughly
0: you play and make content. I would yes. say that you're above average. I
1: would, I would hope that I'm an above average player at this point. Oh, please. Uh,
0: I would consider me above average and yeah. I call myself atrocious gameplay.
1: <laughs> so I I'm an above average player. I entered 26 tournaments. I ended with 128 points, which means that my average point total is 4.9. So to Jake's point, right? Like most of the tournaments that I entered, I either lost first round or ended up getting first or second, usually first. Mm -hmm. So like there was not much in between. And yeah, that basically made my average slightly higher than four. Um, So I could see the majority of people, if they ended up with an average of four points, meaning they enter and they lose and then sometimes they win, that will obviously average out to about four points. That's probably fair. So in North America, in order to get uh, to 81 points, you would have to have 160 tickets on average. You know, I I don't know how many tickets you have, Jake. I know that I still have, like I started out with like 280 tickets or something like that. And between playing in the tournaments, which you win tickets sometimes when you play in tournaments, um, randomly earning tournaments via the ladder, et cetera, I ended up spending like 200 tickets, but I still have like 130 left. So in total I earned without even trying 50 or 60 tickets right there. So someone could easily have played uh, starting out with 80 to hundred tickets and made the event. And I personally, that's for North America, right? Which I would say North America is by far the most competitive region. It's almost unfair for North American players in this, um, in this structure, uh, and I'll go into that in a second numbers-wise, but I would say that having 80 to 100 tickets, I don't know what the average is, they don't have that data available, but my guess would say 80 to 100 tickets is not an absurd amount of tickets for somebody to have at the beginning of June. What do you think about that, Jake?
0: I I saw, I'm so mad because I forgot to save the tweet. But there are people, there are anecdotes I saw on my timeline of people who said they didn't have any tickets in the beginning. They said they grinded throughout the month, got about 88 tickets throughout the entire month, and they qualified for the Players' Cup. Um, I think that these numbers are actually like pretty low. Like I like the number of tournament rep needed to qualify, the amount of points that were needed like i i feel like it was actually it's actually like super low the yeah. amount of tickets that we're assuming that you need like this is way lower than what i would have anticipated so i'm i really would love the information i'm sure they'll never release this to us of like how many people logged on in the month i can Wait, tell what? you how many people logged on in the month
1: uh, i can tell you how many people played in at least one tournament roughly Okay. That Uh, works. Globally. Globally. I cannot break it down by region, unfortunately. And the information. So I got this information maybe about a week ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, Currently, the tournament leaderboard site redirects you to the um, Pokemon forums right now. You cannot log in and actually look at it, unfortunately. But Okay. Weird, champ. It's super weird. I don't know why they did that. But, you know, a week ago when I looked at it. There was about 10,000 people who had at least one point of tournament rep and one point of tournament rep means that you played in a tournament and got dead last in one tournament. So Mm -hmm. that means that, you know, as of maybe like, you know, four or five days prior to the end of the tournament, about 10,000 people played, which, you know, this is something that I was actually telling people before when I first like talked about the players' cup in my my video, I was like, look, the one things we don't know are how many people are gonna play in this tournament and what how many points people are actually gonna need to qualify. Cause my personal my gut was telling me that the numbers you're gonna need to qualify were was gonna be a lot lower than what people were expecting. Because they expected people to just like go crazy and grind and you know like well, well look at all these people that have a thousand tickets. It's so unfair. And like don't get me wrong. The structure of the tournament is by nature unfair, but that doesn't mean that it, that it in practice will become unfair. Meaning, sure, some people might have a 1,000 tickets, but if only 100 people have 1,000 tickets and there's another 796 open spots, well, you know, that, that means that, yeah, you won't be able to beat those 100, but you might very well be able to beat, you know, the other... 8,000 people for, for, you know, for whom you have the same number of tickets roughly. So for me, that was kind of like, I thought it was a bit overblown. I do wish they had a different structure to begin with.
0: Yeah. Cause I still find that unfair.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. It is an unfair system to start with, but in practice, I think what actually came out was that like, you know, there would, there will naturally be, have been some players, especially in North America, Who still didn't have enough tickets and they tried and they grinded and they just, you know, they just came short. Um, But for the most part, I think if you were willing to grind, even if you had like almost no tickets, you probably could have made it in if you are a good enough player, like and lucky enough to win the majority of your tournaments rather than break even.
0: I'm curious as well on like if the distribution of tickets changed. So when you talk about like the chess. Specifically, like when you complete the ladder and stuff and you get all these chests, I'm curious to know how many of them gave like what was the what was the average for tickets? Like how many how many chests gave out tickets in comparison to before the Players Cup to during the month of the Players Cup? And if there was like an increase, I don't know if there's anybody who goes out and data mines the Pokemon TCG online. Shout outs to you if you do, because like I yeah, I don't think a lot of people would actually care. But if if someone did data mine the game and to know of like what those numbers looked like, I would be very curious because I think it would be stupid the people who make this game and the people who decide like what happens and what doesn't happen, if they didn't increase the output of tickets given to a player.
1: My Might my would think, tell me that the chest rewards also didn't change then? Because I would think they didn't either. Because like, look, the simplest, the Occam's Razor explanation is nothing changed, right? The Pokemon did nothing to any of the reward rates in any form. Um, and then, yeah, that just, that's the number of tickets that you can acquire in any given month is between 80 and 100, maybe. Um, and maybe more, I don't know. But generally speaking, like, I think that's a good assumption. I don't know, like, this is a bit, bit of my soapbox. Like, I think that... While it's fair to criticize uh, Pokemon for the way that it was structured because it probably should have been structured differently. I think the initial jumping to conclusions that, you know, the whole event would be so unfavorable for anyone who didn't have a thousand tickets or some absurd number of tickets. I don't think that was necessarily borne out in the data. Now, you could say that people played less. In terms of tournaments because they didn't like the event i know jake you didn't play azul didn't play that may have played a factor it probably did play a factor to some degree but to what degree it's i would say, say azul
0: played a factor i did not i did not probably play a factor into that i don't know well, if you noticed but he's a lot bigger than i am
1: well but you, i mean you personally didn't play right so that is a certain number of points that did not have to be put into the total pool to compete against that said though like what i'll what i'll also say about it though is um The only, I think, not the only, but the main group that I think still would have cause to be upset about the structure is still the North American audience. Because, you know, I I know there's a lot of players in North America, and yes, Pokemon needs to continue to support the communities in all regions, which is perfectly, makes sense, right? It makes sense. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the points totals, 424 players in North America... within the top 896 globally which is the number of players who will go on to the next round so basically half of the world if this was purely based on points would have been from north america so i understand why they made the structure but like the fact that in europe you could get 39 points or in latin america 33 or in Oceania, like australia new zealand there's there's fewer players don't get me wrong But eight points, all you needed was eight points to be in the 128 people from your region. Like, boy, howdy, I would be salty if I was an American who did try a little bit. I have a friend, actually, Chibi, uh, who has 80 points and he may not make it. You know, I don't know in terms of like if everyone on that leaderboard is definitely a master's division player or whatever, but he has 80 points. So like that would feel pretty salty if you have 80 points and like, you know, there's about 400 other players who are going to get in from other regions.
0: (laughs) I think I just, I just hate the players cup. I've talked about it before. (laughs) I mean, it's cool that they're doing something, but it could be better. I mean, better. I I agree. it It,
1: It could be better, but this is my opinion. I think, uh, for what it's worth, it is a good starting point. Um, And I I just, I have to say, I think the data bears out the fact that qualifying was probably not as difficult as everyone was expecting. You didn't need to be a tickets millionaire to qualify necessarily.
0: No, I a hundred percent agree. I think, I think I do agree with that. How like you, I, we didn't actually need as many tickets as I originally thought or the, the bots, they, they got all the bots, (laughs) right? They got all the bots.
1: And I will say one benefit of all this um, is that, you know, if Pokemon decides to do something like this again, uh, and if you, you know, think about it, if they do the same structure, then tournament rep, if people spent the majority of their tickets on this, like some people have 700 plus points in tournament rep, that means they probably spent a lot of their tickets to get there.
0: Yeah, I, I would think that they probably spent just about all of them
1: you know that you know it's 700 plus points if you're getting the average that's 2800 tickets or something like that or no no what, what is that four points 700 points i don't know it's a lot it's a lot of tickets 2800 i don't know i i it did the math wrong uh but it probably Whatever. like 1600 to 2000 tickets actually yeah but like well, i don't know you know hopefully what that does is and this is something i also said in my video it might be a way for them to reset all of these people's tickets so if you think about an in-game economy right what game designers and developers actually do is they introduce items that force people to spend absurd amounts of whatever the in-game money is in order to reset the economic balance. And so this could have been like just the only way that you can get people to do that right now to reset that balance. Um, if they want to use this system in the future is to say, well, let's do a tournament. Hopefully the people with a lot of tickets just go all out, spend it all and then the next tournament rolls around, everyone will start at a relatively level playing field. Still hate it. I think that's going to do it for us today.
0: I have, I have a surprise soapbox that I saw on Twitter while looking for tweets. Okay. It's, so- it's not very long. It's, it's not that fast. It's just more of an informative thing about the game and its like mechanics. Anyways, um, there's a video that I'm seeing right now on Twitter. Uh, it's a person who is playing a game Of Pokemon TCG and I actually saw this same instance happen at a local event it was me and my buddy playing Um, player A has zero cards in their hand player B has one card in their hand and that card is Marnie you are not allowed to play Marnie because Marnie specifically says if either player puts any cards at the bottom of their deck then you draw the cards so because you would play Marnie and so both player a and player b have zero cards in their hand you don't actually get to do the action because neither player actually shuffles a hand and puts it at the bottom of their deck so theoretically you cannot play marnie it's not a bug it's not a glitch that's just how the card actually interacts
1: yo am i correct
0: in that that is wild i had not i
1: did not know that
0: because it says each player shuffles their hand and puts it at the bottom of their deck. If either player draw puts any cards at the bottom, which neither player would, because neither player has a hand, you draw five cards and your opponent draws four. If there was an interaction to this, if there was an actual interaction, it would just it would just be like Guzma into Rabombi in Expanded, where you would just play the card and literally nothing happens. Like that would be the only interaction that would happen.
1: Yo, that. That blew my mind. I the funny thing is, I guess I, it so rarely happens that like I it, never it, it personally very rarely
0: happens. It. Like there's there's almost no scenarios right now in in the Pokemon TCG where people have zero card hands, mm-hmm. unless they're like doing combos to get a zero card hand for like a researcher or a Marnie. But the clause specifically says if either player, so if no player has cards in their hand yeah. after the card has been played. You can't you can't do it. So theoretically, you can't play the card. So I just wanted to say that because I've been staring at this tweet for the last well, half I guess, hour.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think you could play the card. It would
0: just have no effect, right? Yeah. So like PTCGO is not letting you play said card, Oh, which that. you shouldn't play said card anyway. Well, yeah.
1: I mean, PTCGO is protecting you from yourself, basically.
0: Yes. You're you. It's it's just read the cards. I have trouble with this sometimes where I just like don't read the cards. There's nobody in the comments that have said anything. I'm not gonna say the specific player because, like, like, like Sean says, like, blew my mind. I actually didn't know that. Like, I, I think there's probably a lot of people who don't know this. Um, but it's something that I found out very recently, and I feel like a lot of people don't know either. So, just a, just a heads up. It's not a bug. Tell your friends that you see on social media, or try to do that. Just let them know, hey. It's not how this interaction works.
1: Wow. Um, well, that's that's super cool. Actually, like I, I learned something there. That's pretty
0: cool. It's my mini soapbox because I actually don't have like a serious topic to uh, to talk about, unless that's... we really want to talk about some stuff. Donald Trump got banned on Twitch. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I have no political. I have no political opinion opinions. I just found it interesting.
1: Oh man. All right. Well. I think that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much again for joining me, Jake. Thank you for joining me, sir. No, thank you for joining me.
0: Thank you. I got to figure out, Sean, what am I going to have for dinner tonight?
1: I don't know. I don't know. You figure that out on your own. All right, folks, we're going we're gonna to see you in another episode. Uh, I have a hot dog or a corn dog. I don't know. Corn dog's are a good. Hot
0: dog. With, uh, I haven't had a corn dog in like 10 years. Well, go to a fair and get a corn dog.
1: But social distance.
0: Fun fact: My favorite sporting event of all time is Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I haven't missed one in several years, and I'm very curious if they're going to do it this year and how. Anyways, I will. I will stop.
1: All right. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching uh, or listening, I should say. And (laughs) jeez. And uh, yeah, if you if you like this, definitely uh, subscribe on whatever listening platform you are on. Uh let your friends know that this is a cool pod, I guess. And uh thank you to everybody who's been sending us such lovely messages. I know Jake and I have both received such wonderful, you know, DMs and things uh randomly here and there. So
0: leave much a review. Leave a review on the podcast. That's a great way for people to uh for new people that maybe see it and say like, Oh, maybe this is something I wanna watch. Let's look at the reviews. Yeah. Leave a five star review.
1: Thank you for that, if you leave a review. Uh, But yeah, that'll do it, Uh, and we will catch you in another episode of Metapod. Five
0: stars. Podcast is great. Jake's rants, two out of ten.